I am back. What it do, baby? You're listening to the Sport Court Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to an all-new episode of the Sport Corps Podcast. I am your host, Angelo Ace Camacho. You may have heard me on with my boy, Fat Mike, on Wednesday nights on the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show. Or you can catch me every Sunday morning during the football season on with my guy, Fat Mike, and our buddy, Tyler DeMouse, on the Talking Football Show. Um, I wanted to... Come out and thank everybody for being patient as I worked through a lot of changes with uh, the the Sport Court podcast. Um, if you followed me from the beginning, you know that I had some pretty good content out, and now I had the pleasure of being brought in under the Twelve Fifty Two Sports Entertainment brand. Um, that brand is also the ones that br- the one that brings you the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show Wednesday nights and the Talking Football Show every Sunday. Um, but this is it. This is all new sport court, um, new attitude, new feel, new dynamic. Um, I'm going to try to have guests on every single episode. I can't guarantee it, but I am working on that. Um, today's episode, I am going to be talking Cubs with my buddy Kyle Malzahn. Now, Kyle and I know each other from a few years back. Uh, We met through my brother, and he is the founder of the Cubs Live Twitter page. Um, If you go to Twitter, you just search at Cubs underscore live, and it'll bring you right to his page. Great content, awesome baseball knowledge, excellent Cubs play-by-play, a lot of fun stuff on there. Guy's really knowledgeable about baseball. Um, but I interviewed him. I had the privilege of uh, sitting down interviewing him. And during that interview, we talked about uh, where this Cubs team is headed after a disappointing postseason again. Um, you know, they, they made the postseason, but it definitely ended in a way nobody really expected it to end. And we shouldn't really be greedy because 2020 – has been a hard year and getting any type of sports was a silver lining for this year. But when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, they raised the stakes, they raised expectations, and they have not lived up to those expectations. And in this interview, Kyle and I get into that. We talk a lot about, you know, what possibilities this Cubs team could do to improve. Um Areas that they struggled with this year, and just a lot of information like that. Um, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the beginning of the recording for this interview, so just uh, try to listen along, and hopefully you're able to pick up where we uh, started. So enjoy. Twenty twenty, but. Years prior, they didn't have that leadoff guy. You had Schorber in there. You had Rizzo in there. Chris Bryant stepped in there. And it just just wasn't meshing ever since Dexter Fowler left. You look at the offense. And the offense is the most troubling and most weird thing to me. It's You see these names. You see a Chris Bryant. You see a Javier Baez. You see a Kyle Schorber. You see Anthony Rizzo. You see Wilson Contreras. Guys that what we've known to be sluggers, right? 25th. Right. 
16, those were guys who made a name for themselves. They were a young, fun Cubs team that we all grew to love. And we're like, man, we are on the brink of something special. And, and rightfully so, the Cubs were, 2015, exceeded all expectations. They were probably a year ahead of the path that they're going on. Um, but the offense, man, they just keep on not showing up in the biggest spots. I don't think since tw- – I, I think 2017, you saw it in the second half, but since 2017, you haven't had that that big hit. They haven't got that big hit. The, in 20, right. 2015, that's, they were getting big hits left and right. Zobris, Bryant, I mean, up and down, you, you had guys, even Chris Coughlin would step in the batter's box and get a big hit, but they just haven't got it. Sure, David Bodie has been clutch, and that's what he's been known to do, that clutch factor. But the Cubs still haven't had that. So right. um, pitching this year was really good. Uh, the bullpen a little shaky uh, for a little bit there, but they they uh, strengthened up. But this year, man, it, it's just been the offense. One hundred percent, the offense getting blown by fastballs. Um, it's a plethora of things. I don't think it has anything to do with the coaching staff because, quite frankly, I think the coaching staff did just fine this year. Right. Yeah, I agree. The offense that is just troubling. And now we have this question in a transitioning period that I'm sure we'll talk about in the next few minutes here is where do you go from here? It's just not working. It's just not working. Sure. Thanks for 2016. But baseball is a sport of what have you done for me lately? And the offense, quite frankly, hasn't done that. Well, yeah, hundred percent, man. Like you look at you look at the Yankees right now, right? That was supposed to be this Cubs team, these dynamite hitters, these guys that look at the back of the baseball card, like you said, all those fancy names, and they just haven't been able to, to deliver. Um, and now you're coming off of a year where basically almost no revenue compared to what you're normally used to making, and how are you supposed to rebuild this team? You have guys like uh, Ian Happ, Nico Horner, and Hayward is still under contract for the next couple of years, but your greatest assets right now are two pitchers, Kyle Hendricks and you Darvish. And I was the biggest skeptic of you Darvish, especially after his first season, but the end of last year and then into this previous year, he really showed that as long as he can stay healthy, he is a vital part of this rotation or any rotation really for any team. Where do you see the Cubs looking to improve or how can they improve going into next year with the limited resources that they have? Right. I mean, you could start off with the starting pitching. John Lester is going to be gone unless they can get him on maybe a $4 million, one-year, two-year deal where they have incentives built in. But you, they're not going to pick up that option. Right. You're looking at the Cubs for the last 10 years, nine years, under that feel – era that they're under right now they haven't produced starting pitching and to their credit they've done a lot of to go get those cheap bats that they can have under arbitration for three four years and then all of a sudden they use that money that they didn't spend on the bats to go to their starting pitching right now is going to be gone kyle hendrick is under control you darvish is under control kind of you darvish has that opt-out but he's i i i fully think that he's going to stay a cup, but what do you have in the four or five? You have Adbert, maybe, Azalea. I mean, I don't know where they go, but they have money coming off the books. I'm not sure what they do with Rizzo. I'm not sure what they do with Lester, but they have money coming off the books. 
And from that point, I think you have to go to the starting rotation because in baseball, if you're not pitching, you're not doing anything. Right. You got to keep that game. Now the offense, I don't know. Uh, I think this offseason, you're going to Theo said in his year presser that we're not going to rebuild, but we're going to retool. And we don't know what Theo is going to do. Um, he's probably not going to be in the Cubs front office post 2021. Uh, right. So I, it's going to be a really interesting offseason. I mean, we said it last year, and then there's crickets. Um, I don't see that happening this offseason. I think there's going to be major changes. One of them is you have to, I would think, you would have to either commit to Chris Bryant for the long term or you commit to Javier Baez, two guys right. on your roster who are going to require the most money spent to them. And you pick whatever one that you commit to the long term and you trade the other away. Now, do they trade them in the offseason? I don't think so. They're going to probably trade them at the trade deadline. Granted, if there's a season, hopefully a 162-game season, but right now, those two guys are coming off of bad years, man. They don't have that much value to them. Um, we know the type of player they can be. But like I right. said before, it's a sport where what have you done for them lately? And they just haven't done much. Chris Bryant battled injuries. Javier Baez, when he's off, he's off. He's a swinging machine. He doesn't get on base at a sufficient enough amount of you know plate appearances to get on base enough to you know. Um, compared to Chris Bryant, where Chris Bryant will take the walks. Javier Baez just doesn't do that. So when you commit to one of those, where do you go from there? You trade the other. You have to. And hopefully that by the trade deadline, they're going to provide some you know, value. And um, even though Cubs, Cubs fans are going to hate it, um, some will be happy, but most will hate it. Uh, it's time for some serious change because sooner than later, I mean, this organization is going to go into different – different route because they tried it it worked one time they had an incredible run but there needs to be change yeah absolutely i totally agree you know and and you brought up javier baez this year for him well for everybody has been a struggle but man he really was not looking like himself this year um and and chris bryant's the same way the last few years ever since he got hit in the head he just hasn't seemed like the same guy he'll have flashes of you know, the 2015, 2016 Chris Bryant, but it's never been consistent enough. Now, if you were the front office, which guy would you look to sign long-term and who would you look to deal? Man, I'm glad I don't have that decision. But to answer your question, man, the more I think about it, i got to go long-term Chris Bryant. Granted, I know he's had injuries, but he's a guy you, – you can't predict injuries. You just can't. Um, Fans are quick to not forget that Chris Bryan in 2019 had a 900 OPS. I'm pretty sure he had 30 home runs. So it's not like Chris Bryant has lost his swagger. Sure, he's not that 7-8 war guy he was in 2016, but he has the accolades. And like I always say, baseball's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately sport. Um, I just don't know how much you can take it the 2020 season there's just so many factors that you can go into now let's get to Javier Baez a little bit love the guy to death think he's a special talent in major league baseball the Cubs probably in 2015 or 16 that was probably the one guy they should have offered a long-term contract to because he was coming off the bench those years but you right and I think if they would have got him on a team-friendly contract, kind of what they did to Rizzo, I think that was in 2014, where it was seven years, 49 million. I mean, he was getting seven seven million a year in 
way past that production. But when I look at Javier Baez, man, I see a guy, if he's not on, he's not on. He doesn't get on base enough to put up a good slash line. He's a, he's a swing or miss type of guy. And right. um, great. 2018 was great. He was on. Great for the Cubs. This year, he's not. Um, 2019, okay, whatever. But I just think for the long term, you have to go Chris Bryant. Now, is that the move that they're going to make? I don't know. But um, it's going to be a really difficult decision. I just don't see how you let either of them walk in 2021 or become a free agent without signing one of those guys for the long term. Yeah, absolutely. Like for me, the thought process is I feel like Chris Bryant's going to demand more money than like Javier Baez would. And that's going to be the tricky part because his production has slipped. Yeah. He's, he's been able to get on base, but the thing that Chris Bryant at least recently seems to have lacked is that clutch gene. Um, There had been moments flashes in the past but, you know, when you need him to come, when he's up at the plate and you need a big hit from him, even just to get on base, it just seems to be non-existent. Um, so I personally think that the Cubs are going to look to probably trade Chris Bryant for the reasons you said. I think a, a team towards the trade deadline that's in the hunt is going to look for somebody who can come in, give them a little bit of a consistent bat, hopefully, you know, while he's while he's playing next year, you see that improvement. So his stock does go up and they can get something for him. Um, I just think Javi is willing to take less. And then, you know, you're in the financial situation you're in a guy like Javi taking less, you can put more money into other guys like a Wilson Contreras, or if you're looking to extend uh, Kyle Schwarber, which I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to look to trade him as well. Um, Those type of things are just, unfortunate right now especially with the with covid really causing chaos in in all of the sports leagues um but then so there are some silver linings you know you look at guys like ian happ and nico horner um do you think that those guys are pieces that the cubs can realistically build this franchise back up around yeah i mean i don't know if an ian happ or nico horner is a is a superstar type of player that you're going to build a franchise around, but I think they're going to be above average players. Now I need to see a little bit more of Nico Horner. This is a guy that hasn't played past double ball. And then all of a sudden, Hey, look, you're filling in for Javier Baez in 2019 down the stretch during the most crucial stretch of Cubs baseball at that point. And um, did a great job this year. I would think he was a little under average um, for what we expected, but that goes back to what do we, how much do we, taking a factor for 2020. But Ian Hamps, a guy, I think I could see the Cubs this season kind of doing what they did to Kyle Hendricks. Um, I think that was two off seasons ago was offer him kind of a team friendly contract um, extension to secure him financially and give him that praise and not go through that arbitration. Um, but also secure him for the long term. Now Ian has a guy from both sides of the plate that can be effective. Now I don't know if it's effective enough to be a superstar type of player that you're building pieces around him sufficient enough to be an above average player. I just don't know or think that it's going to be that super. I I just don't think he has that superstar effect yet. Right. Um, So we talked about the lineup. Now let's talk a little bit more about pitching. Um, Hendricks was Hendricks. He's always, you know, they don't call him the professor for nothing. 
He had a, a really good season. Darvish had a really good year. And then you've seen guys like Alec Mills and um, Lester. When they were in, the consistency wasn't there, especially for Lester. He definitely looks his age. Um, do you think the Cubs should look at bringing in somebody like uh, Trevor Bauer or maybe even if, if they're in this rebuild, well, like Theo said, it's not a rebuild, it's a retool. But if you're in this mode, do you look to maybe unload one of the guys like a Hendricks or a Darvish to try to pick up pieces for that farm system? Yeah, man. I think that's very interesting that you asked that because I was just thinking about that the other day. <clears throat> I could see realistically that the Cubs, if they're trying to retool, <clears throat> that they should or could trade you Darvish. I really do think so because, I mean, when you look at it, he's going to bring you a lot of value back, whether that's major league players right now ready and not really retool or rebuild for the next few years, but he could bring back some pieces that are just three months away from major league baseball, a few right. top prospects <clears throat> that also give you that ability to uh, be competitive in 2021. Now, when you look at their rotation, though, I don't know if that bodes well because, you know, Kyle Hendricks, they're not going to let Kyle Hendricks go. He's the professor, like you said. He started Game 7 of the World Series. Um, he's kind of a homegrown talent in a sense that he came through early in his career. Uh, you Darvish, I think if the one pitcher was to go, they would deal him. Alec Mills, I, you know, not a young guy. He's 28 years old, but a guy who has a lot of upside. John Lester, he's going to be gone probably unless they can get a team-friendly deal. Um, Edward Alzale is one guy that I'm really excited for, and I think he's going to bode well in that starting rotation. But to your point, do they bring in a guy like Trevor Bauer now? <clears throat> I think Trevor Bauer is good for the game. I love him. I think he brings the intensity that a lot of people need on their ball club, and he'd fit so, so well on the Cubs. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I wish I can give him – I could see the Cubs making a run for it just because they have some cap space. Right. So just to let you know that Chris Bryant was an $18 million player this year and going through arbitration for the last time in his career, and he's probably going to be a $20 million player. Um, right. So I'll trade him. That's another 20 – I mean, that's $20 million right there. Um, but I think Trevor Bauer could be in play. I don't know if it will get done. He's going to obviously be the front runner in the free agency market. And it's going to be interesting too, to see how the free agency kind of market plays out this year to see what changes in a COVID season after a COVID season. So I don't know, man, I think I would love Trevor Bauer and the Cubs. I don't know if it's realistic, but I'm all for it. Yeah. Like, I was thinking, you know, you, you sign a guy like Trevor Bauer to, you know, a few years, and then you have a guy like Hendricks, who I know the Cubs love that guy, but I could see them if they're really if they're realistically looking to gain assets, sending a package deal that maybe includes him and like Kyle Schwarber or Chris Bryant or whoever they're looking to trade to another team that has a strong farm system that can come up and. You know, they can send them there, and then you got guys that you can look forward to coming up in the next year or two. Um, <clears throat> now, COVID has, you know, run rampant over every sports league right now. Um, guys like Javi really struggled. Um, Christian Yelich is another guy who, who who did not have the best year. Do you chalk that up to, you know, the, the shortened season? Because it's, it's not like they were good for a while and then got bad, like in a slump for a little bit. 
it was pretty consistent for those 60 games. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I would love to be in the mind of a player or around that Major League Baseball team to see how much not having kind of a spring training. Yes, they did have spring training, but it was three months before the season started. And then they had that summer camp, but summer camp does not equivalent to, you know, that spring training feel. And we're seeing it across the whole sports. You're seeing football. You're seeing a lot of guys get injured. You saw this year in Major League Baseball, a lot of pitchers get injured. I don't know how much you take in a in a factor for this season. Yeah, sure, they had down seasons, um, but I think it's just across sports, across baseball, that it's just such a weird year that I don't think you can take an account for. And I think, I think if I was the Cubs front office, I wouldn't go trade a guy right now because of that. Because right. teams might play into the factor that hey. Chris Bryant just had a really down year. We should try to, you know, bid low for him and hope that, you know, in one year that he, in that one year he can have that it factor that's in the lineup. So um, I don't play too much into it just because, look, Chris Bryant a year ago just had a 900 OPS and 30 homers. Um, the reason why he had a down year was because of kind of, I mean, injuries. Uh, he had a slow start. Yes, no injuries, but then he got injured and it definitely didn't help his cause. Javier Baez, um, just looked lost at the plate. I don't know what's up with him, but yeah, man, 2020, man, I just can't wait for it to be over. I'm ready for 2021 baseball, 162 games. I kind of like the 60 game season a little bit just because of the intensity, but I I just hell want um, a full season back. Yeah. It's, you could definitely tell that there was a little bit more of that pedal to the metal mentality because you didn't really have that room to, you know, slack off or go into that lull, you know, that you see, especially in the middle of summer when you're just like, oh man, this, the season seems to be dragging. I would totally be in favor of them considering, you know, losing 30 games. I'm not saying drop it to 60, but you know, you, you, you drop 30 games from the schedule. It makes it a little more intense for the teams. Um, and right now, you know, you talked about it. We're in the middle of the playoffs. What are your, what is your world series prediction? Give me the Dodgers and the Tampa Bay Rays, man. Two teams like the Tampa Bay Rays don't get enough credit. I think they're very underrated and they're so good. Like their 90 game, their 90 game win seasons, like two years in a row, and then they run through this year. And dude, their pitching is unreal. And they got bats, man. They can bat around guys that you don't really hear of, but they can they can sure swing it. And then the Dodgers, man. I look. Love the Cubs to death. If I had a second favorite team or it's another team that I love watching or enjoy watching other than the Cubs, it's the Dodgers, bro. Like, their player development is so, so good on that team. I mean, look at Dustin May. Look at Gavin Luck. It's like it's kind of like the Cardinals in, in the Cubs division, like in the Central. Like, they just have guys that keep on coming up that just don't miss. They don't miss on these guys. Right. So it's yeah, just they- – I want to see the Dodgers win and win a World Series. I, I kind of want them to win on a non-COVID year, uh, just because I think they've endured a lot of pain and suffering and collapse yes. the past few years. <laughs> but I love Slam Diego. Like Slam Diego, so fun. Tatis, so fun. Machado, uh, yeah. even Trent Grisham has become a star after that. You know wild card fail last year with the Brewers. But, man, I would love to see San Diego in the World Series. I don't think that's going to happen because the Dodgers are just too too good with Mookie Betts now and Cody Bellinger and now Dustin yeah. getting the start. And, like, it's just 
it's unreal. What do you think? What do you? Uh, so I was thinking, you know, the Astros for all the all the crap that they got over the summer, which deservedly so, they've really turned it around, especially late in the season, and and they're playing really good baseball right now. I could see being Astros Dodgers. And I think that would be a hell of a rematch. And I could see the Dodgers, like you said, that's one of my favorite teams to watch along with the Yankees. I'm a huge Cubs fan. That's my number one team. But I love baseball, man. So being able to watch these guys, you know, hitting the ball and playing really that team baseball is so fun to watch. I have the Astros and the Dodgers. And then I think the Dodgers are going to end up winning that series. I think they're going to have too much of a point to prove, especially after losing. To the Astros before I think um, but like you said man I wish the Cubs had the ability that the Dodgers do where they don't skip a beat man they bring a guy up and he's just inserted right into that lineup he's um, contributing right away and you know they have all this money and, and all these talented guys coming up it's it's wild to see the organization as a whole and realize you know that that organization is probably you know you look up at them and you're like that's the the model organization for baseball that's how you want to run your franchise to keep that consistency so yeah, yeah i have uh, astros and and dodgers in the world series this year yeah man and i think like a lot of people give the dodgers crap just because they haven't got it done but when you look at it like they just need that one piece that one piece that comes over and and has that it factor, and it's Mookie Betts this year. Now that they got him, um, I just don't see them losing. And they're going to be a real scary team for years to come, man. I, I'm, I'm huge on Cody Ballinger, dude. That swing, beautiful swing. I'm huge on Dustin May, that stuff that he has on the mound. 90, like, man, dude, that just is so nasty. Yeah, I see you post a lot about uh, Cody Bellinger's swing, and oh. and uh, you're right, man. It is a thing of beauty. Woo! From the yeah. left side, are you kidding me? I just love it so much. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty. Hey, Kyle, man, I appreciate you coming on. Can you do me a favor? Tell my, uh, tell everybody who's listening where they can find you. Yeah, man, you can find me at Kyle Malzahn for my personal account. That's K-Y-L-E-M-A-L-Z-H-A-N. Or as always, if you want 24-7 Cubs talk, commentary, analysis, rumors, um, highlights, old videos, whatever you want, 24-7 Cubs Talk. It's Cubs Live at Cubs underscore live. That's Cubs Live at underscore Cubs Live. I'm just out here giving, you know, the average fan a platform on Twitter, um, the ups and downs of a Cubs fan. So um, I yeah. appreciate everybody for uh, tuning in. You know, Kyle, I got one more question for you. Sorry. when How did you how did you start that Cubs Live, man? What what uh, what uh spurred you to start that? Yeah, man. I can give you the condensed form. So, yeah. Man, 2014, uh, right when the Cubs were on the verge of getting good, like I fell in love with the process of the Cubs. From 2011, I loved their sucky years, man. I loved it. I wanted that first round draft pick. I wanted to watch these guys develop. So uh, on my personal account, I would tweet all the time about Cubs. And let me preface this, that I'm in Wisconsin. Nobody gives a shit about the Cubs. <laughs> it's all Wisconsin-based. It's Packers. Brewers, Bucks. Not really. I mean, Bucks as of late, but it wasn't the Bucks at the time, but it was right. Brewers. And nobody wanted to hear about the Cubs, but I would always treat about Chris Bryant, 2014 minor league player of the year. He would be hitting home runs left and right. And I'm like, dude, pay attention to this guy. Javier Baez comes up, makes his rookie debut. Pay attention to this guy. Kyle Hendricks gets traded, almost has a 
no hitter in Boston in 2014. Pay attention to this guy. Jake Arietta, same thing. Um, but I, is the team got developed and pieces were starting to fall and draft picks were starting to come up. I think it was in 2014 where I was like, man, I just love this Cubs team. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I tweet, like I said, I tweeted a lot on my personal account and my friends in Wisconsin, they would just unfollow me on Twitter. I'm, and then I'd see them. I'm like, you dick. Like, why'd you unfollow me? <laughs> and it sounds so cliche because the whole status thing of like, why are you not following me on Twitter? Like, it's so stupid to like kind of go back. But I was a little pissed like that my right. friend, my friends would have unfollowed me. I'm like, I don't give a shit about your Cubs tweets. Like, I don't want to see them. I was like, just mute me. But they unfollowed me. So you know, I turned a negative into a positive and I'm like, I'm going to create something really special here. So I just made a Cubs blog and it was originally called Cubs Insider before I knew that there was already a Cubs blog called Cubs Insider. And I talked with the owner and they were a little upset and I didn't mean for that at all. I just wanted right. to post my love for the Cubs up there. And then I changed it to Cubs Live a year later I started in 2015, it, like during the most perfect time of Cubs baseball in 2015, I was very grateful. And I saw that progression from 2015 to 16 to 17 to 18 to 19 to 20. Now we're up to almost 30,000 followers. So in five or six, five or six year span, I mean, it was, I mean, we're in the golden age of Cubs baseball. And I started the pot, I mean, the blog, the Twitter sites, the podcast, whatever we do at Cubs Live. I started it during that time frame, and it was the best decision I could ever make. I mean, I've been to Chicago talking on WGN with Josh Friedman and Jared Payton, Walter Payton's son. Um, I've nice. been on sports podcasts like yours. I've been um, have some partnerships, uh, not this year due to COVID, but um, I, I I'm starting to you know get a following and traction, and I'm just so appreciative for everybody following along and um, you know allowing me to use that platform to ramble on about the cubs and I'm, i feel lucky to do it so um yeah man i have some writers for the website so it's it's coming along it, it long story short i could just say i turned a negative into a positive and i started something that i hope will carry on for a very long time it takes a lot of time commitment man like it, it my fiance now is like you're always posting on that damn cubs page i'm like yeah, because I got to let the dudes know that Kyle Schwarber just struck out three times or Chris Bryant hit a home run. Like, I got to let the people know. And uh, it's it's awesome. It's cool to see people. And I'm not a source of any means. I mean, I have some guys that I know within the Cubs organization now. And, you know, I, I chop it up with them a little bit. But, but I'm not a source. I'm a I'm a. I'm giving I'm an average fan that has a platform giving you my analysis that can relate to a lot of people. So that's kind of how it started and in a condensed form kind of that's how it is. Um, that's how it is. So Yeah, man. It's uh it's awesome to see what you built, man. It's it's a really good follow on Twitter. Guys, uh, I can't tell you enough. I love this is how I uh, I met Kyle through my brother and my brother and Kyle and I used to play video games on our PlayStations and then Kyle told me that he has this Twitter account. I started following it. And from there, man, great content on there. Um, one more thing. Yeah, so all my followers, you know, definitely, if you're looking for that Cubs talk, Kyle, Cubs underscore live, they, that's that's where it's at, man. Um, Kyle, could you do me a favor, man? And just uh, before you go, can you give us a, uh, a, station, a show ID? Yeah, man, I'm Kyle Malzahn, and you're tuned in to the Sport Court Podcast. Excellent, man. I really appreciate it. First time. That's uh, that's what's up.
up. I've had some guys, some guys really flounder that. Um, but thanks again, Kyle, for joining me. Guys, make sure you go follow him on Twitter. Um, Kyle, I'll uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother. Can't wait for the next one. All right, guys, that was my interview with Kyle Malzahn. Make sure you head to Twitter again. His page is at Cubs underscore live. You'll get a lot of good baseball knowledge. The dude knows what he's talking about. I can't thank him enough for coming on this first episode. Um, It was a pleasure of mine to talk with him, and I really look forward to getting him back on with us. Uh, Probably closer to next season, seeing what kind of moves happen around the winter meetings. Uh, Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. It'd be awesome to have him back on. I do also want to thank all of you guys for tuning in. I know it's been a while, and I appreciate you giving me that time to get all this stuff figured out, all this stuff uh, organized. Um, I want to thank the 1252 brand. If you guys are looking for some good sport content, I'll tell you right now, that brand is on its way up i would jump on at the first floor and ride that sucker to the top go to twitter follow them at 1252 underscore sports make sure to get more of my content um, i'm very active with all of my followers on facebook instagram twitter all the all the social media platforms you just go to any of them Hit that search bar, type in at Sport Court AC, all lowercase. My stuff will pull up. Um, we are running a really good raffle right now uh, $5 for one ticket or buy four, get one free. And some really excellent prizes. We have for the grand prize, we have a jersey of choice, any jersey that you would like, any sport, any team. Second place is a $100 Fanatics gift card, which is always nice, especially around the holidays. Um, You know, you got some kids who like sports or a wife, a husband, whatever, dogs. They have a lot. They have everything on that site for sports lovers. And then the third place is the Total Package 3.0 from Manscaped. It's, uh, you know, hey, if you got a hairy person in your life, it's it's a good gift to give. But yeah, definitely appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, 1252 brand, thank you for allowing me to bring this to my audience. And I look forward to coming out with the next episode real soon. Thanks again.